today we are pivoting. Actually, it's not a big pivot, but for some of you it might seem like a pivot. But another aspect of work that we tend not to think about, that we tend to either um, implicitly or subtly shame others for doing, and that's, um, we're going to talk about the Sabbath. Sabbath is something that maybe some of you have heard about, you know, taking a day off, rest, um, but it's not talked about much when we think about work, because in many ways it's, it is somewhat of an afterthought. But I want to show you that God, even in our work, has um, um, has uh, rest and Sabbath at the center and the central. It's kind of the central way we ought to think about work. So today we'll read from Deuteronomy um, chapter 5, verse 12 to 15. So if you have your scripture, turn with us over there. That's Deuteronomy 5, 12 to 15. This is what it says. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. As the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox or donkey or any of your animals, or any foreigner residing in your towns so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. That's the reading of the word. Would you pray with me before we continue? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word that speaks to us today. Um, I think there are moments in time when we read scripture and it feels so distant from us. It feels um, unrelatable. But God, I pray that even now that you would speak to us. As you seek to show us and, and uh, uh, display to us what it looks like to rest. To truly rest. I pray you speak to us today. Pray even for all that's happening in our country. God, we pray that your divine rest would um, be upon our country, that you would um, break down the walls of division, the hate, the the crime, the just the, the division that is existing. God, I pray even now that even through your church that you would work, um, work in us to break down those walls that seeks to divide us. And I pray, God, that through your church you would use us to bring reconciliation and bring hope to the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Amen. So, I don't know, how many of you here have ever heard of the Sabbath? How many of you? Um, no, I really want to know. It's, it's okay. You don't have to. Yeah. Um, 
Some of you have heard of it, Sabbath. How many of you really practice Sabbath? Yeah. But it's interesting. I think many of us, uh, even myself, I admit, rarely practice Sabbath. It's probably one of the least practiced disciplines in the church today. When I was younger, I thought, oh, the Sabbath was this legalistic thing that is done away with. Anyone who practiced it was some kind of religious nut, right? And that's what I thought about Sabbath. But when you look at the commandments, if you look throughout the commandments from the first to the tenth, right, it says don't kill, don't steal, don't covet, don't take the name of the Lord in vain. When we look at those, we're like, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, we're not supposed to do all that. But when it comes to the Sabbath, it's like, meh. That's kind of like, we don't have to do that. We can let go of that one if we want. I once heard a pastor say this. He said, if, if I were to commit or disobey any of the other commandments, if I were to murder someone, if I were to steal from someone, if I were to covet, I would get fired. But if I don't practice the Sabbath, I get a raise. Why? Because everyone values my productivity, more work, all, the, all those things that we value as a culture, if I don't have to take a Sabbath and, and I'm productive, I get a raise. I think that's how we think about the Sabbath today. That's how many of us think of it. That I don't have to take a day of rest because I want to be productive or because the world values my productivity more than they value me as a person. But when you look at the Sabbath, it was actually something that was practiced. Um, You see, it's it's written about throughout Scripture. Jesus talks about it. It's even uh, written in the creation narrative. So it's not just uh, written in Deuteronomy, but if you go all the way to Genesis. I keep hitting this thing. I'm just kind of wide, you know. Um, uh, But it's practiced, you see in Scripture, it's written about and it's practiced throughout Scripture. But for some reason, one reason or the other, we in our 21st century church, we don't see the value of it. The Sabbath is actually a Hebrew word that comes, that means to stop, to cease from all your working. The idea is taking a 24-hour block of your day 24 hours to do nothing. Some of you is like, oh, I can't do that. To do nothing. And if you have kids, that's probably like, that's impossible. I understand. And it's not just paid work. It's also unpaid work. Like when, when God tells the Israelites, like, no, no work. No collecting of food. Make sure you have food saved in, you know, in your storehouse. You know, no work at all. Why? I think the Sabbath itself is fundamental to our humanity. It's imperative for our humanity. That God created us and he created us with limits. We can't do everything. We have limits. And yeah, so if you're anything like me, you probably, like, I, I don't like to sleep for some reason. I want to just maximize all the day as much as possible and, you know, stay up and try to do, you know, whatever I need to do. So I struggle sleeping. 
Maybe some of you that's true. Some one of the things we often say is that there's not enough time in a day, which is kind of ridiculous if you think about it. There's 24 hours in a day. Of course, there's enough time, but because we have so much to do, there's not enough time. So we resist our limits. We fight against our limits. Some of us prefer to、uh, to be exhausted before we even sleep. But even now, it's interesting, right? There, there are lots of articles out there now that are、uh, talking about rest. You know, if you follow some self-help guru, they will tell you make sure you take a day off, right? It, there are articles if you read Harvard Business Review, myriads of articles now talking about why we need rest, why we need to take a day of rest so that we can recover, not only. Uh, physically, but also mentally, right? When we we do, when we we're constantly thinking and thinking, and we we need time to recover, our brain to recover, to、uh, to rest, so that it it can actually recover, I should say.、Um, one article、uh, written by Sean Ankor, who is a psychologist, he said this. He says that there clear research that shows a correlation between a lack of recovery. And higher incidence of health risks. Meaning, when we don't have time to recover from rest or through rest, there are higher incidences of heart attacks, of you know panic attacks, high stress, more health risks. And part of that reason, part of the reason that's true, is that even when we leave work, right? You guys probably know this. Even when you leave work. You have your phones in your hand. Your phone, your tech devices, devices have become an extension of your work. So you're expected to be on 24/7. In fact, we're even so addicted to it because it gives us those, you know, endorphins. I'm sure you guys know by now. Our phones, our, our tech devices, have become extension of our our work. So in the end. We never really get a break. I know some of I do this that when I go to sleep, there are so many things in my mind, constantly thinking about, and that affects my sleep because I'm still working it. I'm still working it. We don't have time to recover. So it's quite clear that the pace at which we work. It's not sustainable. What's interesting about this is that even though there are, there are articles or there are research that shows this, it was already written in the Bible. <laughs> it was there all along. God has reminded us there all along that we have limits, and that our day of rest, our Sabbath, is a day for us to recover and do nothing. So today I want to look at talk about the Sabbath. This is what I'm going to do: talk about what the Sabbath looks like for us, what it, what does it do for us, and how can we leave this live this practically. So I'll start with three things. First, is that because of our culture today, Sabbath in itself is a resistance; it's a protest against、um, our cultural norms. It is a posture. Um, uh, under God, 
and it's also for our personal benefit. Those are the three things I'm going to talk about. So Sabbath, first point, Sabbath is a protest against cultural norms. Um, like I shared before, um, uh, in our overworked culture, um, the act of Sabbath is not only radical, but it's actually a resistant, uh, is actually resistant to the culture. It's resistant to our idol of work. Um, throughout the series, we talked about how our identity, because of how much work we often have to do, because of our, even our technological devices, our identity is now somehow interwoven, intertwined with our work. We're only as good as our work. We're only as valuable, valuable as how much work we do, how productive we are. So when we practice Sabbath, it becomes a protest against our culture that tells us our work is, um, uh, uh, dictates who we are. And what happens then is that the idea of Sabbath breaks us off from that bondage. It breaks us off from that um, idea of work. It is resistant against the culture that says your worth is only as good as your productivity. Uh, Walter Brueggemann says this. He says, in our own contemporary context of the right race of anxiety, the celebration of Sabbath is an act of both resistance and alternative. It is resistance because it is a visible insistence that our lives are not defined by production and commodity goods. Right? That's the thing. When we actually say within a 24-hour block, I am not going to check my email. I'm not going to check my work email, my text. I'm not going to touch any of my work. We're saying, we're saying that our lives are not defined by what we do. So we are protesting against our culture that tells us that. Um, in verse 12 of the, of the passage we just read, um, in, in that commandment, it says, it says this. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. What's he saying there? Why did he add that part? He talks about Sabbath and then he says, remember you were slaves. When God is actually reminding them that, yes, you were actually slaves to that empire. You were slaves to Egypt, the empire of the day. And to be a slave, literally, is to have no rest. It means that 24-7, every day of your lives, you are anchored to this empire. Your life is centered around this empire. And I think it's a very startling uh, message for us. And that's why he's telling them to remember the Sabbath, because you were once slaves to this empire, but now you're not. You're free 
to rest. And I think this is true for us today. I think it's very true for us today. Because in, especially if you work in New York City, the brutal, some of you guys know this, New York City era, just the, the brutality of work, you know, you are in some way their drone, their slave. Because you're expected to be on 24-7. You're expected to check in even when you're not working. And that's why, and even the emails. Oh my gosh, don't get me started on the emails you guys get. I hear some of you, you get hundreds of emails per day. Like you are trapped. You're in bondage. But God even through this text, is reminding us that we have been freed from the tyranny of Egypt. We have been freed from the slavery of our empire. And because of that, we can finally enter rest. Now, I, I'm well aware that it's almost impossible because of your current job. Um, I'm, I'm aware that uh, in many cases, your your job does not allow that to happen. Um, yes, I know. And one of the things that I would probably challenge you on is, if that's not possible in your work culture, then you probably should consider whether you should be in that company. It's very hard to hear. I understand that. But more than anything, God is interested in the well-being of your life, of your soul, of your mental energy. And that's why he's calling us to remember that, no, we have to keep the Sabbath. We are not slaves of the empire. We are not slaves. We have been set free by Jesus Christ. We are set free from the, the, the cultural narrative that we hear from our world. Our identity should not hinge on our work. Our identity should be hinged in Christ, who, just like the Israelites were set free from Egypt, he has set us free. And he is reminding us, even now, that you have limits. Physically, mentally, psychologically, you have limits. It's, it's interesting because even when I think about it, I'm like, it's been here all along. And just now recently, research has come. It's been here. We need a day of rest to unwind from our work, to refocus and recenter ourselves. So therefore, the Sabbath is, in essence, a protest against our culture. Secondly, Sabbath is a posture um, uh, under God. I'll explain that what that means. Um, Sabbath is um, a worship. It's an op- opportunity for us to worship God. Because here, here's what it is. By truly taking a day of rest, we're actually saying that God is in control. 
we're saying that, you know, I trust you with all the things that I have not done. You are in control. I think so much of how we think about our work is that it's, it's built on this mindset that all that I do, all that I am is dependent on me. It's all dependent on me. Yet Sabbath is a declaration that we are no longer in charge, but that God is in control. When we take a 24-hour block to essentially do nothing, we're saying that God will do everything. We are posturing ourselves under God, who is at work. And I mean, think about it for a second. When, um, when you go to sleep, right, when it's time to go to bed, you turn off the lights, you, you know, go to bed, lock the doors, you close your eyes, and for the next six to eight hours, you are not in control. <laughs> there could be someone at the door, there could be someone walking around outside of your apartment, someone with a dog pooping on the sidewalk, just like they do every time in my place. You have no clue what's happening outside. That's a very vulnerable position. Do you realize that? And by us even doing that, we are saying God is in control. But we don't think of it that way. We're saying, God, my life is in your hands. Uh, this two weeks ago, I think I told you guys, I went on a retreat. And... Um, um, it, was, it was in Montana, so uh, actually it was a mountain, some, some mountain of Montana. The Rockies was right in front of me. There was a wilderness mountain behind me. It was beautiful. And I, that was kind of a silent retreat that I was doing for that week. And it was four of us, four um, pastors actually, met, never met them, first time meeting them. And we all came together, um, and it was, um, uh, the program was done by another pastor friend of mine. And my cabin was all the way, it was, for me, it felt far away. So whenever we finished, we would have to walk to the cabins, and for the last two minutes, I'm walking by myself, and I'm, I'm scared out of my mind. <laughs> so I look back, make sure everyone has gone inside, and I'm walking fast just to get to my cabin, because that's bear country. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, you know, ashamed to admit that I'm scared of bears, but, um, yeah, that's what I did. And then even when it was time to sleep, it was so dark. It was so, uh, even the silence itself was so deafening. Like, it was too quiet. And um, I'm ashamed to admit I had the light on every night. <laughs> For five days, the lamp was on. Because it was very vulnerable. I had my phone on, you know, some app I have that had, um, what do you call that thing? A noise machine. <laughs> The silence was so deafening. But for me, that was just an example of how vulnerable even sleeping can be. And in essence, we're saying, God, you are in control, even though I, I, I was too scared to, to say that. God, you are in control. That's really what the Sabbath is about. 
That's what the Sabbath is about. It's a very vulnerable position to say, God, you are in control. I haven't finished all my projects, but I need this day of rest because you are in control. In Psalm 121, it says, God, God, God tells us, and uh, the psalmist writes, that God neither sleeps nor slumbers. Even though we sleep and slumber for 68 hours, God is not. He's the one who keeps us. He's the one who guards us. He's the one who preserves our soul. I love what, uh, if you don't want to listen to anything I've said so far, listen to Winnie the Pooh. Um, he's trustworthy. <laughs> He says this, don't estimate the value of doing nothing. Of just going along and listening to all the things you can't hear and not bothering. Don't estimate the value of doing nothing. And I'll add this to it. Why? Because God is doing everything. God is in control. Again, this might be difficult for some of you to swallow. This might be difficult in your own current work position. That you don't have the time or, 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 or the capacity to take off for 24 hours. Again, and this is probably the thing I want you to hear. If your job does not allow you to do that, then you probably need to rethink it. For so many of you, you're probably thinking, well, I, I got to do this job because I'm you know, I'm preparing for retirement. <laughs> I need to put all the money in the bank so I can be ready, you know, when I'm older. And I'm like, uh, you should be thinking about now as well, too. Because if you're doing all that work now, how do you think you're going to be like when you're 65? <laughs> You'll be zapped out of energy. Right? God wants your well-being now. And this, this brings me to my last point, which is Sabbath is for you. It's for your personal benefit. I think many of us um, think about Sabbath. I've heard it before. Well, it's, it's impossible because I have kids. Well, it's impossible because of my job. It's a chore. It's a Sabbath. And it's like, no, you actually get to keep Sabbath. It's for your benefit. It's not... It's not to make your life difficult for you, but it's actually for you, for your sustenance. It's meant to be a gift. Um, if you look at um, Genesis chapter two, um, I, I read. I just read. I, um, I read from Deuteronomy, but even even the creation story even talks about Sabbath. Genesis 2 um, till 3 says this, By the seventh day, God finished the work he had been doing. Sorry, yeah. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. I've lost my... Okay. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now, you have to catch this. Um... According to the, the narrative, it says uh, humanity was brought into the world the sixth day. And then on the seventh day, he said rest. So the first thing Adam and Eve got to do when they were created was actually do what? Rest. 
the first thing they did was relax. And I think that in, very, in, in, in a, a very meaningful way reminds me of the gospel. Because the gospel tells us that Jesus has done all the work for us. We don't have to earn it. All we have to do is enter his rest. Jesus invites us to rest. And then even in this creation narrative, we see that same theme of God inviting us to rest. So it tells me two things, that before any expectation of your work, of your labor, there's an invitation to rest. And secondly, I know some, many of us, the way we think of rest or vacation, we think of it as an escape. We think of it as a recuperation, right? I've worked hard, I've worked hard, I've worked hard, now I'm just going to go and rest. But no, it's flipped upside down. It's no, we rest so we can work. We recover so we can work. It's not working, working so that we can rest. It's we can enter into our jobs, into our school, out of rest. Uh, one author puts it this way. He says, the biblical account essentially served as a theological rebuttal of all other gods who never allowed anyone to rest. So that's important for us to hear. It's a rebuttal against the gods of our uh, empire, the idols of our world, that says we are not, <laughs> you're not supposed to rest. I like when some companies would say, like I'm sure when you've gone to an interview, um, oh, yeah, you have unlimited vacation. <laughs> but then when you, you know, there's fine prints that you can't read until you, you're part of the company. And, they, yeah, no, uh, yes, you can go whenever you want, but, you know, and then you see how everyone works. No, no one goes on vacation. They take a week off. You spend your weekends on vacation, right? The idols of our world, the gods of our world tells us, no, you are supposed to be on 24-7. But this biblical account is a rebuttal against those gods. And it continues. It says, in a restless world, God requires rest. In a world filled with chaos, in a restless world, God invites us to rest. So what does taking the Sabbath look like? Like I mentioned earlier, it's actually taking a 24-hour block in your week and doing nothing, like Winnie the Pooh said. Doing nothing, paid or unpaid work. What about groceries? Do it another day. What about my kids? Invite them to be part of your Sabbath. It's not going to be all that restful. Let them enjoy your Sabbath as well. If you're in school, right, you know, you're in school Monday to Friday, you're like Saturday, Sunday, homework. No. Take a day of rest, recoup, enjoy, and then get back to work. Um, so, 
I'll give you four, four ways to make it practical for you. Um, I actually learned this about 10 years ago. I was part of a church, a New Life Fellowship, and one of the strong emphasis was on taking Sabbaths, on teaching the people what it means to take Sabbath. And um, one of the, th- the four things they said for you to remember this is, practically is this, Sabbath, on your day of Sabbath, you stop, you rest, you delight, and you contemplate. Anything outside of this is what uh, Eugene Peterson calls a bastard Sabbath. Some of us think, oh, I'm taking a day off. I'm just going to, it's my day off to do whatever I want. No, that's a bastard Sabbath. It's incomplete. That's not what God is calling us a Sabbath to look like. Stop, rest, contemplate, delight. What does that look like? Stop means that we're ceasing from every paid and unpaid work. Um. I forgot to change rest. (laughs) That's not 87 ideas implemented. (laughs) I just remember that now. I'm like, I think I did something wrong. (laughs) So don't write that down. (laughs) Stop means to cease from every paid and unpaid work. Right? So groceries, whatever, you know, like you have housework to do at home. Don't do it. Rest. Just relax. Calm down. It's going to be okay. There's time. There, there'll be, there, you have more time. And that's one of the things I've, I struggle with, even as a church planter. And I'm like, I always like, oh, there's so much to do. So many emails to write. I have to do my sermon. I have to plan the whole calendar. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like hyperventilating. And I remember talking to a, a, a mentor of mine. He's like, dude, just relax. <laughs> even if you don't do any of the work, it's, it's fine. It's not your church, right? I, I, that's a keep reminder. I have to keep reminding myself that relax, God is in control. And I think in, uh, in uh, New York City culture, New York City, New Jersey culture, we, we always have to do something to feel accomplished. But God here, God is inviting us to something that's totally radical and different from what we're used to. Relax. Stop. So it means... Probably for some of you, take turning off your phones. If your phone is part of your work, if you're tempted to always check work email, turn it off. Uh, because of my schedule, what I do, or you could compromise. What I do sometimes is Monday, from Monday um, uh, Monday mornings to afternoon, I turn it off. So I don't get any texts, I don't get any call, I just turn it off. So you stop, no text, no social media. It's the same thing. It's just filling your mind with information and things for you to worry about and think about. Turn it off. Second, rest, right? Take some holy naps. Um, sometimes when I pray, I fall asleep, and I'm like, that's a good prayer. <laughs> it's good. You know, some of you, you need naps. Take a nap, you know? Find a time within during that day where you can sleep. If you have kids, switch it up. You know, maybe one parent is watching the kid, one's napping. Just compromise that way. Um, another way you can rest. Maybe you like hiking. You know, go for a hike. You like nature. Go, you know, go rest in nature. Do something that you probably haven't done before. Another thing you probably should even consider with these four things is 
What does rest look like? You write down a list of what rest, what gives me rest, you know? You might not want to hang out with some people that drain you on your Sabbath. It's okay. Don't feel bad, you know? If maybe hanging out with somebody's yeah, it rests before you, go ahead, do it. Um, so that's rest. Delight. Think about something that you love to do that, that, that you enjoy doing. One of the things I enjoy doing, um, weirdly enough, is I like going to West Village and walking around the stores and the shops. It's actually restful for me. And then ending up in the cafe and reading a book. Yeah, that's, that's, I don't know why, but I like that. It just gives me energy. It makes me feel alive for some reason. Um, but what, what do you delight in? Is it food? I love food too. You know, if you like enjoying food, one of the things I do, I'm just giving you examples so you know. I, uh, um, so I split my Sabbath Monday, um, half day, and Friday. Because Caitlin, my wife, you know, she works Monday to Friday. So Friday nights to Saturday morning, we probably do a Sabbath. We go out to eat um, whenever we can. We, you know, take, out, take her out on a date so she's happy again. <laughs> I'm happy too because I like food. And I like spending time with her. But um, uh, so something eating, whatever that might be, going to a good restaurant, something that rejuvenates you, that you delight in. Um, again, write down a list. As you've seen this, stop. What what does that look like for you to stop? What does that look for you to rest? What does it look to, look like to delight? And then lastly, before we close, as the worship team comes, contemplate. This is the one we forget oftentimes, and that's one of the reasons it is a bastard Sabbath. <laughs> Because we escape from everything. We escape from God himself. Right? Our vacation is an escape from everything, including God. Where does God come in in your vacation time? Where does God come in in your day day of rest? So think about your Sabbath and what time of the day, what time does it look like for you to actually pray? Be silent before God. What does that look like for us to actually, even if you're, if you're here, actually maybe if you're, you're family, you can even invite your kids, like starting the day on your day of rest and saying, teaching your kids, like, listen, this is my Sabbath. We're going to pray. We're going to eat together. And you're training them to, to know what it looks like to rest. So, again, if the job you work at does not allow this you consider if you struggle through this you will struggle through this because turning off our phones and doing nothing is almost like I have to do something but God is inviting us to something eternal this is a reminder of what heaven is going to be like it's an eternal divine rest and we can do this because all of our identity all of our lives are anchored around Jesus. So let's pray. God, we thank you for just how you call us to recognize our limits. You call us to to recognize that um, You have created us to enter your rest. It's beautiful. It's this uh, humanness that you've 
you've put in us, this void that you've put in us to, to desire rest, to live out of rest. So I pray even now for my brothers, for my sisters, for many of us that are struggling, maybe with our work to figure out how we can rest. Prayers that you help us. You challenge us and you convict us to enter your rest. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.